Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Valerie Riddle, 1989 alum of the USF Health Morsani College of Medicine and your host for the USF Health Morsani College of Medicine Alumni Society podcast. This month, we are bringing you stories from alumni who have done unexpected things in their careers. Some of them have pivoted out of medicine entirely and are doing other things. Others of them continue their medical practice, but have augmented it with other opportunities. I'd like to introduce Dr. Diane Duffy. She is a 1989 Morsani College of Medicine alumnus and completed her pediatrics residency at the University of North Carolina. Welcome, Diane. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Val. Yeah, you too. So we're going to talk a little bit today about career journey and how some of us landed exactly where we thought we would land. And then at some point along the way, decided that maybe we wanted to pivot to something else. And I know that you have an interesting story around that. So maybe I'll let you just start us off and, and I'll interject as we go. Sure. Sounds good. So um, yes, that that comment about knowing where we wanted to be and getting to where we where we were um, is true. I started in ninth grade really thinking about going into medicine. My mom was a nurse, and fresh freshman biology in ninth grade just like was a an aha moment for me. This is where I want to be. I love this. Genetics was fascinating to me, and that was when I really started to think. I want to go into medicine um, and I want to be a pediatrician. And I'm not really sure where becoming a pediatrician came from, except that I babysat a lot as a kid. And I think I just really interacted with kids well. So um, went through undergrad, came to USF, did my um, medical school. And even in medical school, really tried to be open to maybe it's not peds. Maybe I want to do something else. And so I think my first rotation was psych. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do psych. Um, then I did OB and I thought, yeah, I'll do OB. And then I got to pediatrics, my third rotation, and said, yeah, no, I'm not doing any of those other things. I'm going to do pediatrics. And so did my residency up here in North Carolina um, at UNC and um, started at a practice in um, Alamance County and um, loved it. it, was exactly what I wanted to do, developed a really great um, caseload of patients, um, just really loved what I was doing. And we have a small community, so uh, being out in the community and seeing people and being active in the community was really great. And then I got to a kind of a point where I started to think, okay, I've done this. Do I really want to keep on doing this? What else is there? And I have to say that I really fought against those feelings for a couple of years. I really, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're um, you're settled. The right. kids are growing. You're trying to save money for their college funds. It doesn't make sense to change jobs, right? Right. Well, and there's so, also the persona that comes with being a physician and being, you know, a community leader and 
what happens if I do something else? Will people still see me as a doctor? So, so true. So much of our identities can be caught up in what we do every day as a job. And when you've worked so long to become a physician, so much of your identity is that, I agree. Yeah, that was a big factor in thinking about things. Um, and then I, I, um, I got breast cancer and that was a bit of a wake up call for me. It made me really think about, okay, what do I wanna do? And do I wanna do anything differently? You know, and I know- um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but did you, did you have to take time off during, during that journey? And did that also give you some insights into what aspects of your daily practice maybe were, were not a fit for you anymore? Yeah, so I didn't have to take time off, but I was diagnosed in July and I started chemo in August after having surgery. And as a pediatrician going into the uh, fall, flu season, RSV season, um, being immunocompromised to me just did not sound like a good idea. Yeah. I so <laughs> I took off from August to uh, December and then did half time when I was doing my radiation. And that was really good for me. Um, I really tried to use that time as time for introspection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, between feeling cruddy all day and that kind of thing, um, really tried to allow myself to really think about things. So it was good for me to take off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I went back to work because I felt like I needed to go back to work. And that's what we I do. Kind of, yeah, it's what we do. And then yeah. I think when you're busy, you kind of push some of those nagging thoughts to the side mm -hmm. um and so that's what I did for a little while um and then I just had two events that really made me think about what I wanted to do um uh, Elizabeth Edwards wife of John Edwards um relapsed while I had, right after I'd gone back to work and my very first thought when I heard that news and this is this is when you really like are so vulnerable that you you hear something that's down deep that you have been kind of pushing away. Yeah, my very like first gut punch. Or, yeah, it was a gut punch. It, my first thought was, if I'm still doing this job and I ever relapse, I'm going to be mad at myself. Yeah. And that was really a difficult place to be all of a sudden, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as physicians, we learn to delay gratification so well that we learn how to kind of push things down. And so I still push that down. And then my friend who had breast cancer, she was diagnosed about a year before me, um, relapsed. And that was when I said, I'm done. Yeah. I need to do something different. I need to listen to how I feel about things. And so um, that was hard. My, my partners couldn't believe it. Um, and so that was kind of an interesting situation. Um, and then I, and I didn't have a plan. That was what I think one of my partners was particularly concerned about. Um, I didn't have a plan. I was just gonna take time off. And so, yeah. and, and 
I think that it's okay to do that. It's just really hard. It's hard to talk to people about doing that because um, everybody wants to know what you're doing. And at the time I was, how old was I? 46 or something like that. Um, it Nobody retires at 46 unless you're like, I don't know, have made a really great yeah, like you're a before that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I took some time off and did things that I wanted to do. Um, I had been active in the community, but it allowed me to volunteer on some for some organizations I had never had the opportunity to do so. And it allowed me to dig in a little bit more into some interest I had, like learning more about pediatric obesity and things like that and being involved um, on a capital A advocacy level for um, really trying to inform people about pediatric obesity. So being on some um, committees that were working in our community to decrease obesity rates and things like that. And then um, a university near me opened up, a, was starting to open up a PA program and I had always enjoyed mentoring students during my time um, as a pediatrician, taking students on and having them do rotations with me and um, teaching things like teaching the pediatric advanced life support course and all that. And so with my connections in the community, they hired me as their director of clinical education. So that was kind of a coming together of things I really liked. I still got to talk about pediatrics and teach pediatrics. I got to mentor students from the time they came in our door through the whole process of um, their education and helping them figure out where they wanted to go and what jobs they wanted to take at graduation. I got to do some more research on pediatric obesity. So it really brought together a lot of interest I had and never was anywhere I thought I'd go. Um, right. So that was kind of how I landed there. And I, I stayed at that university for eight years um, and just loved it. It was a whole different way of putting some of the skills I had developed over my time in practice to use in a totally different way. It was really a great thing to do. So a lot of what I'm hearing you say is, don't be afraid to take a chance. Don't be afraid to listen to to what you're hearing yourself say to yourself. Uh, do you think that you would have ultimately made that kind of a change had you not faced a health crisis? It maybe would have taken longer to get there or do you think that that, that I know you said you started having these thoughts and conversations with yourself prior to that diagnosis. How much did that influence the, the quickness with which you were able to make that pivot? Yeah, there's no doubt that, that that pushed me further along that that route. You know, it, it, there's no doubt that I I don't think I would have gotten there at that point without having been diagnosed. Um, but I think I was getting there. And yeah. so it might have taken a few more years. Um, and I think what what it really tells me, and, and even as I mentored students when they were looking for their, you know, what practice they wanted to join or whatever, it really tells me that sometimes we limit our options um, and we really got to think about 
what all is out there and really explore things because I never would have thought I would have done this. Um, and sometimes it just takes stepping back and saying, okay, what else can I do? What other skills do I have? How can I parlay this into something different? Yeah, one of the reasons I really wanted to have this conversation with you is, is opening up some of our younger alumni or even our students' eyes to the fact that there are many, many options out there for those of us who go to medical school. And, and sometimes you have to be able to, to sort of step out of the box that people put you in as a physician and the expectations they have of you. But there's an awful lot of, of life to be lived and other things that you can do and the skills that we have and the experiences that we have kind of all come together in, in a way that, that can be pretty unexpected, I think, so. Pretty unexpected, but pretty gratifying and satisfying. Yeah. Trust a little bit that there's something else that you can do. Um, you know, I'm always amazed nowadays with the people who apply to medical school and PA school they are way more um, well-rounded than I think I was when I started medical school. I think yeah. I was pretty single focused on getting into medical school. And so I would really encourage people to look at those other things that light the fire for them mm -hmm. and see what, how you can incorporate that into what you're doing, you know, um, because if you love, I don't know, um, mountain climbing or something like that? Is there a way to do some kind of medicine in which you're working with people that are doing things out of doors? You know, those kinds of things, really taking those loves that you have outside of, um, outside of school and incorporate, incorporating that into your practice in some way or looking for opportunities that are a little bit off the beaten track, so. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I call it charging your batteries. I tell the students that I mentor, you know, there are so many things in your daily life that are gonna drain your energy and you have to find the things that, that recharge you. And boy, those of us that are lucky enough to find the things that recharge our batteries that also align with our career, I think we're just really, really fortunate when, when we're able to bring that all together. But, it, but you almost have to be purposeful about it and thoughtful about it and, and not afraid. You know, I obviously have pivoted out of, uh, out of where I started and you have to be not afraid of people who are gonna say, oh, you're not gonna be a real doctor anymore. Oh, you're going to the dark side. Oh, you know, whatever it is, you have to just, you know, be true to yourself. I think that's kind of the, the message really is, is don't be afraid to be true to yourself. And well, and you had a couple of pivots even early on, Valerie, because you started out family medicine residency, right? Right. And then I I figured out that I was I was probably going to end up in that specialty doing adult medicine. So I changed to internal medicine and did that really because. I also had an interest in and a love for infectious diseases, and and one of our one of our faculty, Dr. Sennett, who's still here and still amazing, you know, had really planted that seed. And you're right, I I switched to internal medicine, and then I did do an ID fellowship, and 
you know, did clinical medicine for a period of time and kind of got burned out. So like you, I started looking and thinking about what else, what else is out there? What else do I want to do? And ended up in the biotech biofarm industry, which is a story for another day. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I had lots of people telling me I was crazy. Um, and I am kind of crazy, but that wasn't a crazy decision. It was, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So here I am. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point too, is that um, sometimes people will really try to tell you the, whether the decision you're making is, is good or not. And, and you need to listen to people, but sometimes you have to listen to yourself, you know, and, and other people may not actually know what you really need to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How did you? I mean, it's important. It's important to have mentors. It's important to check things out with people and all of that. But sometimes these changes are things that are things that you know you need to do. Yeah, and and I think keeping yourself grounded in the fact that you're the one that gets up and puts on your shoes and goes to whatever you're going to do every day, uh, not the people that are advising you. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it, you do have to listen to different perspectives and be willing to sort of incorporate them and, you know, look yourself in the mirror and have, have an honest conversation, but make the decision that's, that's right for you because you're the one that lives with that decision and the consequence of that decision for forever, you know, in some cases, but I also tell students, you know, if we're all lucky, you're going to live a long life and, there are going to be many, many things you might want to change and don't be afraid of it. Just don't be afraid of it. I guess if I had to, you know, I was going to ask you this question and I'll, I'll sort of give my answer to it. If, you know, what would I tell my younger self? I would tell my younger self, you know, you're good, you're worthy, you belong in this world, you belong doing what makes you happy. Um, and don't, you know, don't get sidetracked by the, the naysayers or the people that, you know, the people that want to sort of take that joy away from you for all the right reasons, because they care, but they don't really realize that that's kind of what they're doing is, is sort of taking the wind out of your sails, if you know, if you will. So anything you would tell your younger self? I really like that advice to yourself that you gave. Um, I think it's really true. And I think the other thing is to trust yourself. Yep. Um, you, you know who you are. And you should trust who you are. Yep. And um, that to me is really important. Yeah. So, but I, I like your advice. I think that sounds, sounds really good. Yeah. It's taken me, you know, decades to figure it out. <laughs> and I guess some days I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not done yet. But thank you, Diane. Thanks for sharing your story and, and for your sage advice and, I'm going to ask if if anyone is interested in talking to you more and hearing more about your story, um, would you be willing to do that? And if the answer is yes, folks are are certainly invited to reach out to me, and I would be happy to connect them. I'd be happy to talk with anybody. Would love that. Yep. And I just want to say thank you for being my friend for so many years. I I. Diane and I were in undergraduate together and medical school together. And in spite of our lives going in different directions, we have remained friends. And you were quite involved with me in the beginning of the Morsani College of Medicine Alumni Society. And, you know, thank you for that service because, but 
but for you and others that were part of that journey, I don't think we would be where we are today. And I certainly don't think we would, I would be doing a podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) so it's been a, it's been a really great journey and thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. If you have ideas for future podcasts, or if you would like to be a guest, please let me know at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E 25 at usf.edu. Thank you so much for listening. 